0: If you find Unfound's content informative, please support this podcast at Patreon, PayPal, or YouTube. On this episode, I discuss the continuing Dan Markell trial, I go over the outrageous story from the Delphi murders, I detail how a Rolls Royce was found, and I cover a bunch of other stuff, including... Questions from the listeners. I'm Ed Dunsell, and this is Unfound Live for October sixteenth, twenty. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Unfound Live. For October 16th, 2023. Hope everybody's doing well out there. Hope everybody is uh, prospering. A lot has gone on since we last got together. I'm doing well. Maybe I'll tell you a little bit about that in just a moment. I see we already have uh, some people in the chat. In fact, I got in here at about, I don't know, about a quarter till, and uh, there were already people in here waiting. I just uh, am so, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, privileged to know that people uh, get in here and are waiting in line in the chat for a live show uh, that doesn't start until 9 p.m. Eastern. So uh, thank you so much for all of you who – Got in here very, very uh, early. Thank you so much. Uh, I actually got in here, like, like I said, at about a quarter till, not expecting to see anybody in the chat. And there you all were. So uh, thank you. Before I go any further, I hope all of you will remember to give this live show a thumbs up. You know I talk about it every week, and I always always will bring it up. Please uh, give this live show a next review if you are listening to it as a podcast on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you may be. But if you're watching here, if you're seeing my face on Monday night, uh, if you're watching on YouTube, give it a thumbs up. If you are watching on Facebook, do what you can over there. If you're not yet, uh, for example, part of the discussion group, why don't you ask uh, for permission to be let in? If you're not following uh, Unfound on Instagram or TikTok, wherever you should be doing so, how about thinking thinking about doing that? Maybe you want to visit the website, theunfoundpodcast.com. And if you really, really, really want to support the content that we provide here at Unfound, you can hit the join button below if you're watching on YouTube to monetarily contribute. We would certainly appreciate it. Or you can go to patreon.com forward slash Podcast, Or you can do PayPal.me. Forward slash, unfound podcast. A lot of different ways that you can show your appreciation for what we've been doing here for over seven years. Hard to believe. It's crazy. I admit, totally, 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 one hundred percent insane. I can remember when uh, I'd only featured like a hundred disappearances, and thinking about getting to 300 it just seemed so far away and now 300 is in the rearview mirror i just don't know where the time goes so uh, all right let's so let's see who is in here and then i will get into uh some of the things uh going on uh with me and then i have a spectacular lineup of topics uh to cover tonight for all of you and of course If you'd like to ask me any questions, you want to see what's going on up inside this head of mine on any particular topic. Once again, let's stay away uh, from politics and religion. Let's keep it PG. I will try to answer your question as best I can. So hello, Karen. Karen was in here really, really, really early tonight. Thank you, Karen. Joyce Rivetuzo. Hello, Joyce. What's going on? Nephew Charles, what's going on? Good to see you. Uh, Assistant Carrie, what's going on? Uh, Charlie says, perfect, pretty amazing weather this evening in Colorado. Uh, I'm sure it is, Charlie, but I'm going to guess that the Florida weather rivals it. In fact, it's so beautiful out tonight behind me, although you can't see it. Uh, I have my sliding uh, door open facing the Gulf, and I can hear the waves crashing out there. It's a kind of a cool night out there. Um, These are the days that you wait for when you are living in Florida, or should I say nights, so there you go. And Lisa, hello Lisa, I'm going to answer your question tonight, good to see you. I did not disc golf in Missouri. I've not disc golfed in that state, Joyce. So I don't know where you got that idea, but that I'd love to do that sometime. Uh, I have not in. Uh, Lisa says I was at the Jesse James disc golf course in Missouri. Maybe that is what Joyce is thinking of. Hello, Mark, Patty. Um, Yeah, Joyce, I was not in Missouri. I played disc golf right here in the state of Florida this weekend and did not play very well. Probably would have been better off had I been in Missouri. A uh, Twinkle. Twinkle has moved, everybody. I'm glad to hear that, Twinkle. Shri, thank you for moderating tonight. Patty is going to see Alice Cooper tomorrow. You know, a fan of Alice Cooper as a person, his music, I don't know. Um, I don't know, just a little... To something for me i don't know but alice cooper is a guy uh fantastic hazel good to see you and kathy good to see you kathy charlene i hope you're all having a great it's two thirty at 2 a.m here in ireland wow thank you charlene um wouldn't miss it for anything good to hear hello mary and deborah what's going on with you good to see you all right So I mentioned my disc golf Uh, played some really, really not good disc golf this weekend. I don't know what was going on. Um, uh, Played really well for spurts here and there, but then just on Saturday played down in Sarasota and on Sunday played down at Maximo right here in St. Petersburg, Florida. And in each uh, situation had a long string of baskets where I played really well. And then I had a few baskets where it's like I completely lost my mind. And that has been going. I, I really, it's not uh, nerves. It's not the yips that I used to have. I don't know if it's a concentration issue. It, could it be that I'm not 100% engaged in being there? That certainly could be. I don't know. I'm really, really not totally too upset with it uh, because in those baskets where I'm playing well, I'm playing some of the best disc golf I've played. But then on Saturday and Sunday, I had like three baskets each where it was just nightmare after throw after nightmare throw after nightmare throw. So I guess uh, that's just who I am, Uh, but I will take that over uh, the issues I was having uh, some years ago where it was just uh, nerves and everything else. But uh, I am uh, supposed, at least supposed to play in Floral City this weekend. Uh, It's my buddy Dana. You know Dana, he's gone to some concerts with me. Uh, He is assistant tournament director up in Floral City I'm scheduled to play. The problem is that right now um, I'm supposed to drive back and forth, and it's a little bit long of a drive. And I start thinking about well, if I'm not playing well, what exactly am I doing? So the the issue though is that I love that course up there and I would hate to miss it. But I can't guarantee 100% that I'm going to play this coming weekend. I just don't know. So we'll just have to see. I will make that decision later in the week, and then I will let my buddy Dana uh, know one way or the other. But, yeah, this past weekend, weather was beautiful. It was great. It was beautiful. I was up early yesterday morning, teed off at like 7.40 in the morning. Perfect uh, conditions to play. and. Well, the conditions were better than my plate. So there you go. Uh, Moving on. uh, Unfortunately, I guess. Well, I guess unfortunate for everybody except one person. uh, Powerball actually got hit last Monday night right as last last week's, last Monday's live show was uh, ending. Once again, someone in California, if you remember – to the last the, the the highest uh lottery in the history of the of the world, one guy in California hit it all by himself, which is disgusting by the way. And then last Monday night, once again, just one ticket hit again in California. I'm getting a little sick of these California people hitting these big aren't aren't all of you (laughs) even if you live in California aren't you just sick of it Uh, I hope that whoever won this uh, spends uh, that money in a productive way I hope they remember to shower friends and family with the proceedings I hope they give a lot to charity and I hope that they Whoever this person is, uh, remembers the much less fortunate. I really, really hope. I, I and I know this is just. I'm not trying to sound like a politician here or anything, but uh, I know that this goes through my mind every time I buy one of these tickets. That uh, I have to. T- I tell myself that I have to follow through. In making sure that a lot of uh, people benefit as well, and that's exactly why I've actually typed out uh, a plan, a file that I have on my computer, should I ever win, and to remind myself of these things, because I think uh, it's a little too tough to do that after the fact, um, when you you know you're suddenly faced. Uh, the proposition of what to do with all this money and um, the spectacle of all of it. So it's good to plan these things all out uh, beforehand, in my uh, opinion. So uh, there you go. Uh, Twinkle says uh, Alice is a super nice guy, that being Alice uh, Cooper. Uh, Patty brings back times of my youth, Patty, says Hazel Discoff. Thank you, uh, Hazel. And Twinkle says, also says, the lottery needs to go East Coast. It does, Twinkle. Need to get the lottery jackpot hitting somewhere down here uh, in the Eastern time zone. Kathy, yes, Alice Cooper. Vincent is really his first name. He's a very nice guy. Loves to play golf. I've never bought a lottery ticket. Uh, Twinkle (laughs) tells me, remember Twinkle. Okay, I promise, Twinkle, I will remember you. I will remember you. I promise. So other than that, uh, not really a lot going on in. uh, Since last Wednesday or last Monday. um, Didn't play. didn't, couldn't go to trivia on Thursday night because I have, I had Dr. Telesco's show to do, but just to show you, uh, of course, I've talked about trivia once in a while. And I think many of you know by this time that I play with a bunch of people that we win quite a bit. Um, It's it's pretty usual for at least 25 teams to show up at this place where we play. And it's not unusual for us to win like three or four weeks in a row. And a lot of people get ticked off. Well, what uh, I was told that happened Thursday night is that Although my team did not win, I think we came in third place, and I'm not saying that my team was the instigator of this. But for some reason, a couple other teams got ticked off at some of the questions and were really giving the guy and his assistant, who run it a really hard time to the point that the assistant, who is just some young girl, she must be like, I don't know, 17 years old or something. She was crying. I mean, this is serious. I know it's just pub trivia, a bunch of people getting together and playing trivia, and we're playing for uh, discount coupons at that particular bar or restaurant, whatever you want to call it. But it is amazing um, some of the things that happen. Now, I will admit that I take it very seriously. I want to win, but surely. Nobody on my team, including myself, has ever given the people who run the trivia such a hard time that uh, to upset anybody to that degree. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, but this is the time of the year, though. We're getting toward fall, and a lot of the snowbirds, maybe very, very, very early snowbirds, are starting to show up. And that is – it does seem – my perception is that, of course, more teams, teams end up being there because there are more people here in Pinellas County because this is a destination for people during the winter, especially from Canada. I see so many, like, Ontario license plates. But it does seem to get a bit more serious during the uh during the fall into the winter because more people are here and uh, they don't have quite as much what we would call skin in the game uh you know they're only here for part of the year what the heck do they care if they upset the person that's running trivia and everything else i've noticed that a little bit it does seem that things get a little dicier and you get a little more booing and everything else uh in in the winter in contrast to like during the summer when it's all just locals who are there i think i've noticed this and you know we've been playing trivia at this place uh for over 10 years in fact when i say place the restaurant has actually moved (laughs) they were at one location when i first moved here in 2011 and then it must have been in around 2015 maybe that they went to a a new location, which is where they are now. And we followed from one place to the other. And uh, we've been doing a lot of winning over those years. And I will tell you that my team has been booed. Uh, People have come up to us and accused uh, us of cheating, uh, all sorts of things. And it does seem to be worse when the snowbirds are here. It still seems to be that way. But I wasn't there Thursday night. I will be there this Thursday night. And uh, I really do look forward to it every week, uh, getting together with my brother and his wife and the rest of the people. And it's uh, I do love to win. I really love winning. So uh, Shree says, oh, my God, in response to the, uh, I guess, to the trivia uh, part about the girl crying hello charlotte what's going on with you charlotte good to see you and hazel says eek and uh, mark and he's no excuse for someone to be so mean as to make a young girl cry that's just trying to do her job i know i know mark but don't know what to tell you um you know i, I would admit that my team has been the Uh, Even though we've won more than easily more than any person or group has showed up there over the last 10 years, I mean, it's not even close. Um, we've uh, you know, we've lost uh due to questions being weird, and we've certainly lost to people cheating and everything else, surely and never have any of us gotten to the point uh like what seems happened on this past Thursday night wow. i don't know uh charlotte says such childish behavior yeah i know but but there you know for all of you there is a reason if you were to google um pub trivia cheating on google it comes up with like a billion hits I mean, it's very, very common. And so being that we've been able to win so much over the past 10 years and not cheat when people do have their cell phones and everything else and people are sick of losing maybe to us or whoever, that we've won that's that much when you got to believe that the people have cheated. it's a It's a miracle that we've won so much. Because cheating is a thing, like I said, all you have to do is Google it to know how popular it is. So, um, and, and I would admit there was a time for a while when I didn't go to trivia for a while because I really believed that there were teams that were beating us who were cheating. I said, I oh. um, you know, I'm not going to show up if I think other teams are cheating. I'll give you an example that, There was a guy who now you, of course, would realize that when people show up as a group, they have a better chance of winning than a person just showing up by himself or herself. But there was a guy like for the last, although he's not showing up now, but maybe between like 2019 and 2022, there was a guy who would show up by himself and win. And I always said, you know what? There's just something really, really suspicious. It was one of those things where he would either win or he would come in like 20th place. And what I decided is he was selectively cheating. He didn't want to win every week because that would look suspicious. So he would just cheat once in a while just so he could win, like once a month or something. I convinced myself of that. Absolutely, absolutely, 100% convinced myself of that. And um, what was weird is as soon as the trivia started being run by these different people, now guy doesn't show up anymore. So I think he was cheating. I was pretty convinced of it. So it's just, uh, you're right. It's, do we ever grow up, people? Yes, we get old. And we go from being teenagers to being, uh, you know, 65, 70, 75 years old. But the question is, do we ever really mature? <laughs> I would admit, you know, I'm 53 years old. And I surely have found out that like when I was 15, I thought that 53 years old olds were a lot more mature than I now know them not to be. The perception you have as a kid of adults, and then when you get to be an adult are two totally different things. It's amazing. It's all the pettiness and jealousy and arrogance and everything. It just follows us throughout our entire lives, Um. You know, I even see that with my dad living up there in Pennsylvania. And he lives in a community where it's mostly people around his age. And it is amazing. Um it's just like high school. It is just like high school. Oh my goodness. All right. Uh yeah, rude people can be rude. Mary's hazel cheating worked until he didn't. Yeah. I don't know, uh, Hazel. Uh, Charlotte, we would like to think that we mature. Yeah, I just don't think we do, Charlotte. Carey, it says a lot about a person if they have to cheat. I know. They probably think, well, I'm going here every week. I'm spending money to eat and everything. I'm entitled to uh, win once in a while and win some of those coupons. So, you know, it's that ego. It's the seven deadly sins that, I, that I've talked about. Uh, I mentioned quite a bit in this live show, how we are very, very flawed people. And that certainly uh, has shaped the way I look at disappearances. As you know, I'm very, very cynical just the way I am. All right, let's move into – let's get away from the trivia and everything. Um, And by the way, if anybody uh, has any questions – They'd like to ask me, uh, you know, the standard, no religion, no politics, keep it PG, not too personal. Anybody has anything on their mind tonight, please put it there in the chat. Let's start where I usually do, and that is uh, the poll that I posted in the uh, discussion group on Facebook for people to answer. I hope you are a member there. And the question was, uh, in your opinion, did Patsy's husband, Bill, have the physical capability, capability of causing Patsy's disappearance all on his own? And it was yes, no, or maybe. And 76% of the people in the discussion group said, yes, absolutely, Bill had the ability to cause this disappearance all on his own. I, you know, of course, despite his physical uh, disabilities caused by Patsy, Patsy shooting him over 10 years before. Um, so um, a large majority said yes. In the Think Tank, uh, I bring this up every every week, thinktankpatreon.com forward slash unfound podcast um you can go and be a member of the think tank if you would like got to sign up at the premium level uh we did talk about this maybe it wasn't as black and white a topic in the in the think tank last night but pretty it was pretty much yes kind of the same way uh the discussion group and the think tank kind of uh We're in a pretty much agreement, I guess. And then for me, the blog that I write at patreon.com forward slash unfound podcast, of course, I mention it at the end of every episode. I decided that, yes, it would certainly have been possible for Bill to do this disappearance all on his own. I'm not saying that's necessarily what I think. I think we can all uh, imagine scenarios where Bill would have had help, maybe from a friend, um, maybe even from one of his own children. Uh, We can certainly throw those ideas ideas around. But we might see a scenario, if Bill wanted to do this all by himself, where he lured Patsy into the car. They were going to go somewhere, the two of them, and then he goes out on some back road in Arkansas shoots her. Maybe he's been wanting to do that ever since she shot him and kind of just kind of push her off into the brush somewhere where nobody would even think to look. I think it's a a plausible scenario. We don't have to, when we start thinking about Bill causing this disappearance all on his own, we shouldn't automatically think, well, it had to have happened at home. could have happened anywhere. So just remember that. So when you're thinking about Uh, Patsy's disappearance just remember she very well could have gone missing she very well could have been somewhere else when this all happened so don't uh, limit your thinking that way but if you'd like to read uh, my in-depth analysis of Patsy's disappearance please go to patreon.com forward slash unfound podcast and sign up one of the other uh, topics that I cover in the blog for Patsy's disappearance, as you would probably expect, is just this whole thing about Dave being by himself and these other uh, children of Patsy not taking part at all and my insight into that because this is common. It just really got exposed with Patsy's disappearance because Dave can talk about it. In such uh, stark terms, um, but I want—I want to keep telling all, you all of this. This is not unusual, and so I try to do my best analysis of why this is. And there, you know, and there are a lot of different reasons. There isn't necessarily one. It depends on the disappearance. Depends what's going on in the family. A lot of different. Um scenarios a lot of different family dynamics at play but this is not unusual Um, so just keep that in mind even though it very well may be that this topic doesn't get covered again maybe for a year it's just hard for me to say i don't know what disappearances we're going to be covering over the next year but if we don't talk about this again if it's not mentioned in an episode again for a while. Do not think that that means that behind the scenes that I haven't talked to the guest about it. But uh, I continue to – I generally, uh, until now, have shied away from that topic because I'm not here to cause problems for these guests. I don't want to put them on the spot for something like this because they are the ones who have to live with it, not me. I don't know any of these other people. I don't have to see them at Christmas or a family get together or at a wedding or at a funeral or anything else. So it's really up to the guests where they, they really want to talk it about it. And Dave was more than willing to do so. So that's what we did. So keep that in mind. Hello, Les Ann. uh, good to see you. Um, or Leanne, I'm sorry, Lesson. Leanne, man, are my eyes going? Uh, Leanne, good to see you. Um, are you new? Um, have you ever tuned into the live show before? I don't remember you seeing you in the chat. And I'm, for some reason, I'm really good at usually remembering um, people's names or nicknames or whatever they have in the live show. Leanne, are you new to the live show tonight? Or maybe you're a former guest. A lot of former guests uh, recently have been uh, tuning in, uh, which we um, like. And Hazel uh, is waving at at Leanne. Okay. Good to see you, Leanne. Thanks for tuning in. All right. Let's move on. Uh, If you are, of course, watching tonight, then you see what the overlay is tonight. Once again, I'm running a discount on my Teachable class or Teachable course how to podcast better than anyone. All of you, of course, are energetic followers of Unfound. I'm sure by this point you think that I'm a very good person to uh, take a course um, and teach a course to people about how to podcast. So that's what I'm doing. And so from now until Friday... If you go to how to podcastbetterthananyone.teachable dot com and you slash uh, forward slash courses, how to podcast podcastbetterthananyone.teachable.com forward slash courses. And you use that code U L O C T 162023. If you use that code, whether you are buying a coaching session with me or buying the course outright, you will get 50%. Off just because you're listening or watching this live show. So please take advantage of that. Of course, I mentioned something on this past Friday's uh episode about a similar discount for listeners as well. So uh please keep that in mind. How to podcast better than anyone dot com forward slash courses, and no matter which one you pick, use that discount code, UL, OCT, 162023, and get 50% off, and uh, being Sheree, uh, by the way, Sheree, I forgot to mention to you, Eric got back to me uh, about Sunday evening, so the three of us will be having a little uh, get-together after the Think Tank this uh sunday evening at, after the think tank so we will have our meeting after that so we are all locked in sheree so we'll just say for maybe eight thirty uh, p.m eastern time all right that's uh, something message i'm sending out to sheree so you can hear that uh charlotte says i listened to the judith emke case again and it was very confusing was it confusing charlotte A lot of moving uh, – the reason Charlotte's bringing that up is because uh, Judith's disappearance got mentioned last night during the think tank. Charlotte is a member of the think tank. And I just saw some similarities between Judith's disappearance and Patsy's. And uh, you're probably right, Charlotte, that Judith's disappearance has a few more moving parts. Because there were allegations that uh, she was cheating on her husband with the neighbor, and she had told some fellow nurses that she was going to be running off. Certainly so. But confusing. Uh, If you thought it was confusing, then I guess it was confusing. I'm sorry you did. I tried to do my best in interviewing Judith's uh, daughter for that episode. Leanne, not a newbie, but an oldie, just to have him doesn't post much. All right, Leanne, thank you for joining in uh, tonight. Good to see you. That's fine. And Sheree, so that works for you, Sheree. Great. Okay. And everybody, if you want to give uh, Sheree uh, some condolences, her Houston Astros uh, are not getting it done so far. Uh, they lost again today, and they are down 2 nothing in the series. So if you want to send Sheree, um, of course, still got a chance, I guess, Sheree. But if anybody wants to uh, make Sheree feel better, please do that in the chat. All right. Moving on. Um, what do I want to talk about? Where do I want to go next? Um, let's go back to Dr. Telesco's show from this past Thursday. I had a great time. It's kind of weird (laughs) using myself as an example of a disappearance. But you should know, um, I think about this. And the reason I think about this is because I realize that I am at least uh, a little bit of a public person. We cover a topic, disappearances, where we all realize that A lot of these people were murdered, and so that means that we're talking maybe about some very dangerous people when we start talking about suspects. And this is something that is – this is something that's on my mind. And so maybe it was a little weird, but it's not unusual for, for me to think about myself in those terms. And in thinking about myself that way, I do realize that given my lifestyle and living alone and working from home and not going out much and everything else, I really don't have any set schedule. And even if I missed trivia on Thursday night, I really don't know if any of my trivia teammates would be that worried, although my brother and his wife are family and are on the team. I don't know if that would initially set anything off. I'm not sure. But... So I realized that it very well could be if I went missing, it might be a while before anybody really noticed. Now, of course, if I missed this live show without alerting anybody or I missed the think tank without alerting anybody, I I guess maybe it would start to build up at least a little bit. But, you know, it's not like I have a nine to five job and going to the office or I I live with uh, people or anything else. So. Uh, I'm in one of those situations where, and we all know, the people who have those kind of lifestyles, it's much more difficult to figure out when those kinds of people went missing. And that makes understanding the disappearance a little more difficult, You know, trying to pin down timelines and everything else. But I think it was very useful, though, in uh, showing how a disappearance happens, can happen, and the way the investing go- investigation usually goes, and the mistakes that are made. And, um, the problems that we still have in 2023 next month. Uh, I don't think I'm giving them too much away when I say that, uh, for next month's show, that won't be until I think November 30th or something. So, uh, it's going to be a Thursday, but it's like the Thursday after Thanksgiving or something like that. Uh, so the Thanksgiving, I, I guess happens fairly early in November this year, it must be that November 2nd, yeah, yeah, November 2nd is a Thursday, then it's the 9th, the 16th, the 23rd, and then the 30th. Thanksgiving's the 23rd, and so there's actually another Thursday in November after Thanksgiving, which is fairly rare, and uh, that's when the next Dr. Telesco show, but we're going to be covering uh, the disappearances of Keith Cole and Sandra Haley, Uh and it's gonna be very interesting for me to try to figure out how to narrow that down to the essentials because if you'll remember, that was a two-part episode going back to the end of last year and in which I talked about all the other the, the murders on the Colonial Parkway and you know in the Colonial Parkway area and everything. So I'm gonna have to figure out how I'm going to do that, and I just don't know right at this second, but um that's what we agreed upon and i'm really really looking forward to it and i'll be interested to hear dr telesco's uh insight into all of this but you should know that in january it's going to be very very interesting and this was you know it's weird how these things pop up this idea popped up during the show on thursday night so while i'm talking about the anatomy of a disappearance and uh, my own self disappearing and everything, it's weird how these things happen, that it popped into my mind, you know what would be a really good topic to cover with Dr. Telesco is the disappearance of Snea Philip. And you remember, I just talked about her disappearance. That's not a disappearance that we've covered on Unfound. Maybe we will one of these days. But she went missing on September 11th of 2001 you remember back in a former live, the the live show that happened last month, right around the time of September 11th, I actually took the opportunity to give a little analysis of her disappearance. Well, being that I'm the disappearance guy and Dr. Telesco is the 9-11, you know, retired NYPD. And when I interviewed her last year, you remember she talked about her experience from that day and she talked about being there in the city that day and everything that she went through. Using her expertise for September 11th, my expertise for disappearances, in January, we are going to be discussing the disappearance of Snea Phillip. And is it really plausible that she actually did die with the collapse of the Twin Towers? Or could something else have happened to her so um just an idea i ran it past her after the show was done on thursday she thought it was a fantastic idea and she had never even heard of snea phillips disappearance so i sent her some information so um she can uh, maybe get to that of course that's a long way off january but just to kind of tease that i think all of you will uh find that interesting to talk about her disappearance from the standpoint of a woman, uh, a police officer who was there on September 11th. Is it plausible that somebody went down there and uh, got killed uh, as a doctor? So wanted to tell you all of that. Um, let's see here. Um Charlotte, going back to Judith Emke, the confusing part is if she left on her own or which person made her disappear, if either of them did, I know. I know, Charlotte, hard to tell with Judith Emke. Uh, very, very difficult to say. Did her husband do it? Did the neighbor do it? Did she run off on her own? I agree with you. I, I don't. I don't, know, I don't know if the word is confusing. It's just hard to say. And I will sit here and I can't even remember what I wrote back uh when we covered that disappearance what i even wrote for the patreon blog i don't even remember what conclusion i came to gotta be honest uh twinkle says sorry about your ass just sheree i've got to watch that show uh you mean uh doc- which show the dr telesco show uh, charlotte or uh, maybe um lisa i love the dr telesco show but it was unpleasant thinking about you going missing Why? Well, I, I appreciate that lisa thank you uh no one would murder our ed uh well don't be so sure hazel don't be so sure sheree still has hope i would be looking for uh i would be looking for yet i really appreciate that sheree that really makes me feel good thank you thank you uh i'm glad somebody would be uh joyce offering sheree uh some sympathy there over her astros and uh, Hazel says, I missed the Dr. Telesco show. Uh, Hazel, as you can see, Sheree just posted a link to that show if you want to watch it maybe after we're done tonight. Twinkle says, that will be a very interesting conversation with Dr. Telesco. I'm really looking forward to it. It's just once again, it's like one of those little light bulbs. Boing. And uh, she was uh, totally into it because she had never even heard about that disappearance. There you go. All right, so moving on. I want to tell you uh, a little story. And I can't reveal what disappearance it is. I can't reveal what guest it is. But uh, this is, uh, was it within the past week? I don't know if it was within the past week, but maybe within the past couple of weeks. That a guest um, got in contact with me uh, and she was telling me how she was talking to an investigator about a disappearance that uh we featured here on Unfound, in which she was the guest, and she wanted to relay to me this conversation that she had with this investigator. And I eventually, um, the the to really boil this down, the the conversation was really, really strange. Uh this is a disappearance where it's not clear what happened. It very well could be foul play. It very well could be that this person walked off. Um really don't have a very good feel for what overall the public you know thinks. This is a disappearance that certainly could lend itself to murder, but it could also lend itself. Once again, to this person just walking off and being in a condition that uh, caused this person to commit suicide or overdose or something like that. I don't want to give too much away once again uh, because I want to keep this all very general. But this guest got in contact with uh, an investigator who was certainly not on the case when this disappearance happened cuz this disappearance happened a while ago Hey Marty's here everybody the party can be- begin because Marty's here good to see you Marty And this investigator was just you know and I don't believe that this guest had ever talked to this investigator before and this conversation wasn't even on the phone it was over email And this person who works for this particular police department was just going on and on about, oh, oh, yeah, that person, oh, yeah, that person was murdered. Oh, yeah, we're all over it. Oh, yeah, we we know what happened. We just can't prove it. Uh, Keeping in mind, surely this investigator did not know this guest at all. And here this police officer is just going on and on, um, you know, about how, oh, yeah, yeah, we know what happened. We just can't prove it. And the funny thing is that as I'm talking to this guest over Messenger, this guest is also has continuing to have this email. So – She's kind of relaying to me what this police officer is saying to her, and it was so weird. And I actually, I had to tell this guest, there is this investigator doesn't know you. You've never talked to this person before, and this investigator is just telling you all this information as a stranger. She said, yeah, I don't know. This is one of those things that is – it's really, really weird, and I don't know if it's necessarily illegal. I don't know it's immoral, but certainly what this police officer was doing was unethical. And it's just one of those – one of those – one more of those reasons that I'm reminded why I don't reach out to police officers because it became clear to me after a while. She kept relaying to me what this police officer was saying. I finally had to say to this guest, you know that this is just a put-on or something. You know that this, and I think that she was a little dejected to hear this, but I think then what uh, maybe brought her back to reality reality, because really this investigator was saying everything that this guest wanted to hear this guest has a particular idea about what happened and this investigator was saying exactly that and at some point i just had to tell her you know that this isn't real this this person is putting you on And I think she doubted me a little bit, but then her husband got involved in the conversation, and he ended up telling her the same thing I was telling her. And then that kind of was like, oh, yeah, you're probably right. Now, this is horrible. You know, I'm not going to tell you the disappearance. I'm not going to tell you the guest. I'm not even going to tell you the location of the police department because I think that might give it away. But as I was telling this guest, I was telling her the official position of this police department is that they don't know what happened to this missing person. They've investigated it. They've looked into this. They've looked into that. They just don't know. And then just out of the blue, some person that you reach through email is just going to say the exact opposite. Oh, yeah, we know exactly what happened. We just can't prove it. And you wonder why I don't try to contact the police um because you never know who you're you know what person you're going to run into in that department <clears throat> and th- this is something that I continue to say that law enforcement does not and, and and you know and I get it I absolutely understand you you know me that I have a very cynical opinion of much of the true crime community and just do. Um, and we've learned, you know, unfortunately, and, you know, I'm part of the community. What are you going to do? But we've earned this reputation of being sensationalists and rumor mongers and everything else. We've earned it. That is not something that's been put upon us, even though I don't do that. But I can't separate myself from part of the profession that I'm in. And I'm not surprised by this at all. Now, granted, this guest is not a blogger. This guest is not a uh, a podcast host. But I think that it shows you the disdain that really I think too many police departments have for the public in trying to help them solve disappearances. Um. Just to give you uh, an example, you know, I personally believe, you know that I believe this, there are a lot of great people in the private sector who are accountants and engineers, any profession you want to name outside of law enforcement, who I think can be helpful. I mean, I talk to those people every Sunday evening in the think tank, for example. All those people in that in that think tank, either they're retired or they have totally different professions outside of law enforcement. And I know that all of them could be very, very helpful in giving, you know, with their experience now from the talks that we have there, in in really educating investigators who do not have experience with disappearances. I believe that. But certainly law enforcement doesn't. This is no different. Uh, you know to give you an example outside of true crime and murders and disappearances, if you are a a person who you know if you're a young person that can run uh the hundred meters in ten seconds flat, eventually somebody's going to discover you. Somebody's going to discover you at a track meet or at your high school or or something. You're going to get clocked running like that, and coaches are going to come calling. Uh, Universities are going to come calling. Sports agents are going to come calling. Sponsors are going to come calling because that's the kind of people they're looking for. They want to find that new hot track, track and field athlete. Okay? Certainly, if you are, uh, you know, if you have a child who's in eighth grade that can already dunk a basketball, eventually some college basketball team or the NBA is going to find your son or daughter, okay, right? eventually, because that's they're in their business. If you are some whiz with uh, engineering or math or physics or whatever, guess what? MIT or some you know excellent engineering school, you know what? They're going to track you down too because they're in the business of they want the best and brightest to come to their schools. The problem we have is when it comes to law enforcement, they aren't looking for any help at all. They already think they know everything. And this is one of those few professions in the world that is like that. Okay. If you are – if you have a child who is a chess whiz, you go into the local park or the local chess club, and this kid is beating grandmasters and everything, eventually the chess community, the chess world is going to find your son or daughter and want that son or daughter to be part of it. But that is not the situation we have in law enforcement. And this example that this guest has is a perfect example of it. And I'm telling you, I don't want to say who this guest is. I don't want to tell you the disappearance or is, But I'm telling you that this guest, I, I hold this guest in very, very high regard. And... To think that she would be treated like this is horrible. Is horrible. And because in my opinion, as you probably – as you already know, I think law enforcement does need help when it comes to disappearances. They don't know what they're doing, but their egos just will not let go. I know what they say. Well, these could be crimes and we have to keep and in- well, then I guess you just want more of this stuff unsolved because there are people out here who know more than you do. Not necessarily you're the one with all the paperwork. You're the one who has the you know, has the subpoena power and the warrant power and able to interrogate people and everything else. Or as they say, you know, when it comes to government, you are the ones who have the power of the state. You have the power to handcuff people and arrest people and everything else. We in the private sector do not. But that doesn't mean you know more about disappearances than we do. But They're just not looking for people like that. They don't want to be bothered. And it's disgusting. It's disgusting. I mean, how would we feel about other sectors of an economy or a country where we found out that football teams aren't looking for the best players. They already think they have all the best players. How would we, th- you know, what would we think about that? You know, you probably will stop rooting for that team or whatever else, and probably that team wouldn't be lo- winning a lot of games because they're not looking for good players. This is what's going on in law enforcement now. Because I really do believe, I continue to believe it more and more I do this. And yes, that includes myself, but I could include a lot of people. I could include a lot of guests who have been on on Unfound, who I think could help their local law enforcement understand disappearances better. In the think tank, we might put John Lord and some select few other uh show hosts, podcast hosts in that category. I wouldn't put very many there, but a few. Surely a few. You know, we might put Anthony, the crime blogger, 1983.blogspot.com. We might put Heather Grotman in this category, in that category. If people outside of law enforcement who certainly could be involved looking over files and giving law enforcement new eyes because these people have experience in looking at a ton of disappearances and analyzing them. Don't They don't have anything to do with that. So this – and I've had this idea for a while. It's kind of just been percolating. I have a lot of ideas percolating up in this head of mine. But it certainly came to my mind um, when I was talking to this guest within the the last couple weeks, and I was like, you know, I can – more than ever, I am certainly right on that topic. I am certainly correct. They really just don't respect us at all. Not at all. Not at all. They think they got it all figured out. It's, I, so um, let me see what uh, everybody is saying here. Uh, <laughs> Carrie says at least the guest can get a call back. Yeah, so, well, technically with email, I, I guess. But trust me, she would have been better off had this, you know they, they not respond at all, Carrie. But I, I get your point, certainly. Uh, and once again, I think what Carrie is saying, though, is correct. One of the reasons they don't get back to people is they just don't respect them. They just don't. Um, is it probably any more than they would release in a FOIA? Yeah, well, we know how FOIA unsuccessful FOIAs can be. I mean, certainly the one for Jennifer Perry is an exception uh, to the rule, at least in my experience. Or oh, the offer is blowing a lot of smoke. Certainly this particular officer was blowing a lot of smoke, Carrie. Certainly. Just to see if the guests knew anything. Yep. It's, it's, I hate it. This, if you always wonder, I, you know, and I realize that there are other podcast shows and other things. They reach out to law enforcement and everything else. This is the reason I don't do this. This is the reason I don't do this. Now, granted, once in a while, I run into, you know, you know, they say, no, 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 Ed, you got to talk to this guy. For example, going back to Pedro and That guy who spoke to for the Michigan State Police, good, helpful, good, few and far between. Charlotte, I watched a video about the missing little boy Derek Kuntz and Philip Klein was a private investigator in her case, and he did not do anything to help the parents and the case at all. Yeah, uh, we've covered Philip Klein uh, at length. Uh, Here's Charlotte. Uh, Yeah, they had some sort of lawsuit going between them for some years ago. Yeah, oh, Charlotte, I've studied Dior's disappearance. My two younger sister was born in Idaho Falls. I believe an accident occurred at home with Dior, and the parents failed to call 911. All right, Kathy, uh, they did an, an impromptu camping trip to cover up what happened. Uh, Shri believes, agrees with Kathy. Uh, Marty says it's a major problem. They have big egos sometimes talking about police. True. Miranda, I would have to disagree, Charlotte. I think Philip Klein came to the right conclusion, which does help. Okay. Both uh, I don't know enough about the Dior Kuntz disappearance to say one or another. I just know that, uh, that Philip Klein got involved, and before long, they were at each other's throats. Uh, I think that's a lack of training is actually what keeps them from realizing their ego is a hindrance in moving piece, mer- missing people, persons' cases forward. Yeah. I would love to help them. It's like hitting your head against a brick wall trying to suggest an idea. They just shut down and don't listen. Yeah. I know. I know. So I just wanted to get that off my chest. Uh, if one of these days I can tell you more about this uh, this guest interaction with this particular police department, I will do so. But the conversation I had with her was off the record, and uh, I can't get into specifics, but there you go. All right, I want to talk about... The upcoming trial of Charlie Adelson, this is something that uh, Assistant Cherie, Moderator Sheree, uh, has reminded me of. But Charlie Adder- Adelson's uh, murder trial was coming up in a week. He was allegedly the mastermind of the murder of Dan Markel. This is a murder that goes back to the summer of... Uh, 2014, Dan Markell was murdered in his garage. We now know that the reason that he was murdered is because his ex-wife wanted to take their children down to South Florida and he wouldn't let her because of their divorce agreement. And uh, it has been proven already that a couple of these guys have already been convicted and they say that they were hired by Charlie Adelson, who is Dan Markell's ex-wife's brother. So Dan Markell's ex-brother-in-law that Charlie Adelson put into uh, you know motion a series of events that eventually got Dan murdered. So that trial is coming up, so I want to read a little bit to you. And I, I have to tell you, of course, this was a few years before Unbound got started. When this happened, man, I just followed anything that I could on the murder of Dan Markell, simply because it was so unusual that he was on the phone when he was murdered. He said somebody was in his driveway, he pulls into his uh, garage, and he is murdered actually through his garage. He's actually shot through the driver's side window. And so the person he was talking to actually heard the shots. Unbelievable. So a high-profile start trial starts later this month in Tallahassee. Uh, opening statements begin October 23rd in the Charlie Addison murder trial. He's accused of orchestrating the murder of Florida State University law professor Dan Markell. He was shot in his Benton Hills garage in the summer of 2014. Prosecutors say Charlie Adelson's sister was engrossed in a nasty custody custody battle with Markel. And Adelson, a dentist, watch out for those dentists, hired a hitman, another party to pass money and information. Three people have been convicted so far. They are hitmans Sigfredo Garcia and Luis Rivera and Catherine Magbanora who acted as a go-between among the participants. Now, prosecutors have subpoenaed Adelson's parents, Donna and Harvey, for questioning. They skipped the first appointment. So Leon Circuit, uh, Leon County Circuit Judge Stephen Everett says if Adelson's don't appear for an interview on October 17th, that's tomorrow, they could face contempt of court charges. So the big question has always been, when did everybody know and when do they know it? Going back to uh, the Watergate. When did Richard Dixon know? What did he know and when did he know it? And so far, uh, all of the allegations and charges have been li- limited, to, at least in the Adelson family, to Charlie Adelson himself. But as you would imagine, there is a large contingent out there that believes that... Before Dan was murdered, that other people in the Adelson family, the parents of the ex-wife and even the ex-wife herself knew that something was going to happen. And in fact, maybe even they themselves put it in motion. And Charlie now is kind of being the fall guy for all of this because, of course, he's going to trial. He's saying he had nothing to do with it. I don't know what exactly his defense is going to be. But he is the only person in the Adelson family who has been charged. But it seems, given that these uh, subpoenas have been served and the parents didn't show up, that maybe it could be that the prosecution wants to go a little further with this. And of course, skipping or missing or skipping, however you want to put it, this first appointment that they were supposed to have, I don't think is a good look. I don't think. Now, what do I think? As I, when Cherie brought this up to me a few days ago and she sent me some very helpful videos uh, on YouTube, in fact, showing like the closing or, or arguments of one of the trials of one of the guys who was convicted. Um, what sticks out to me is that when Dan was murdered. His ex-wife didn't say anything. she didn't go to the police. she had to know I you know um, this is one of those things that it's it just as hard for me to imagine that she didn't realize what was going on but uh, you know she claimed and you, you know to remind all of you, it not long after that he was murdered. She's changing her kids' last names, and she immediately moves back to from Tallahassee. If you don't know, Tallahassee is up there in the panhandle where Joyce Rivetuzo lives. And where her family lives is way down in South Florida where Dr. Telesco, uh, Nova Southeastern University. I mean, it's like, what is it, like 11-hour drive? Well, immediately after Dan gets murdered, boom, she's gone and changing the kids' last names. That, to me, is is enough to know that she suspected somebody did something for her. And there is information out there uh, that I've read and some things that uh, Sheree sent to me that at some point before Dan was murdered, the topic of murdering Dan actually came up in some sort of family conversation. Of course, they all laughed it off as some sort of joke or something. You know, wouldn't it be just nice if somebody murdered him? So like something like that. And then he is murdered and he is shot in his house or in his garage and it is surely murder. He didn't commit suicide. She had to know, but she never went to the police. That's enough for me to think that she knew something was up and she wasn't willing to go to the police. She didn't even go to the police and say, you know what? I have to tell you something. Now I know it's family. I get it. I get it's family very difficult to do something like this. But I think a good person would do that. But I got to tell you, and what I've learned about the Adelson family um, not good people. I really, uh, obviously, it sounds like they've done very well from themselves and whatever businesses they've been in. Everything they are not very good people uh, at all. So do I think, you know, in the way uh, as it was presented in one of those trials that the way the ex-wife's mother talked about, of course, Dan was Jewish and some of the things and everything else, not, not very nice. And I realized that Divorces can get nasty and all sorts of allegations get thrown around. And we know that it's very commonplace these days for people to, you know, trying to win custody by you know, throwing out allegations of sexual abuse and and everything else like that. And this divorce between Dan and his ex-wife was was nasty because one of the main pick you know things was that. She wanted to be able to move back down to South Florida family, and she wanted to take the kids, and he didn't want to do that because he was working in Florida State. He doesn't want to have to go down there to get his kids and everything else, and he actually won in court, and that's what set all of this off. But I think there's something that we can all learn about this. Let me just see what everybody's saying to this point, by the way. Hold on. Hazel says she is looking forward to the Charlie Adelson trial. Mary B. Yes, this would be a good trial. A lot could, should come out. I heard about the case so long ago. It seems it's a very unusual case. Yeah, it's over nine years old now, Mary. Oh, that reminds me. You told of us to get and look on WebSleuth, your comments from beginning, et cetera. I lost a whole week reading, listening to everything. (laughs) Yeah, you can do that, Hazel. And yes, my uh, posts are on there for many, 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 many years ago. Mary, you are not a good look at all. What do they? No. Uh Hazel says, oh, the mother knew for sure she was one controlling matriarch. Sounds like it. Marty, exactly. She was getting incredibly shady. She wasted no time. Hazel, the guy she dated, threw the whole family under the bus. That was a very interesting interview with detective. All right, so the new guy in the wife's life. Uh Charlotte says, I think his ex-wife was in on it. Mary, she didn't have a core in the care in the world, it seemed, it was fast and so weird, it's obviously. So the joke about murder being cheaper than divorce, right? Marty, I think she planned it. No doubt she was involved. Yeah, uh, Marty, divorce can be a killer. Shri, what's crazy, uh, assistant Shri says, is what's crazy is the mother knew, the ex-wife knew, the brother knew, the brother's ex-girlfriend knew, and her baby daddy and his best friend knew. Three people in prison, one court case this week. Um, Shree, uh, as you can see, mom and Wendy will soon follow. Joyce, uh, being from the Tallahassee area, I am guess you remember when that happened. Can't wait to see this trial exactly, Sheree. Everyone knew. So very well could be that Charlie is taking the blame for every kind of um, being like uh, the levy that's not letting the water, the prosecution water uh, into the Adelson family household. Very well could be that maybe he's just going to take the rap that was all his idea. Nobody else knew. Very well could be. But what, you know, the most important part about this is what can we learn from this for disappearances? What can we learn? Now, obviously, this was something that was hatched. At some point, these people, whether you want to believe that Wendy is involved, the mother was involved, a group of people got together to plan somebody's murder. And they followed him. They knew where he lived. They knew when he would be home. They were following him and knew that he would drop his kids off that day so the kids wouldn't be there and everything else. And, you know, they obviously they aren't James Bond supervillains, but they suddenly put thought into this to the point they even rented a Prius or whatever it was to pull off. They didn't use one of their own cars. They actually used a rental car to try to cover up, you know, what they did. And... So the car couldn't be traced, even though it eventually was. Um, a lot of thought went into this, and still these people got caught within a few years. We should always remember this when we think about disappearances and when we think about the plots and conspiracies and everything else. That when you start involving a lot of people – in a crime like this, the more people you involved, the less likely it is to be pulled off and never be solved. And this is why I continue to urge all of you, when you come up with your own theories, when you hear, listen to an unfound episode, and after you're done, you're you know, kind of thinking about all of this, you need to try to keep it As simple as possible. That doesn't mean that more than one person can't be involved. But. You need to think it in the simplest terms. That cover the facts that are known. You know this is one of the. You know even I suppose when it comes to maybe just one suspect. You can get into theories. And uh, that, that, that certainly also can become too uh, complex. Maybe we might think about like Mara Murray's disappearance and thinking that the bus driver did or something. These disappearances, uh, they get so complex. It's best to keep things simple because Dan Markell's murder, which was certainly thought out for a while. And these people were certainly motivated to get this done. They still got caught. And fairly quickly. It took a couple years. I know we'd like it for it to be automatic, but fairly quickly once they figured it out. But here's what I also know. Another way we can think, of being that we're all disappearance people here, the truth is these guys would have been better off just abducting Dan instead of shooting him in his garage. Have we not learned that? Would it not have been better at these guys that done this when Dan pulled into his grudge, just gone in and abducted him and taken him somewhere, not shot him right there? I think so. I think maybe eventually this still – I don't know if Dan would have been found. I think eventually we still all would have kind of known what happened given that we would have found out that Dan went through a divorce and his wife wanted, I, you know, wanted to go back to South Florida and everything else, I think we all would have figured it out anyway. But certainly these guys would have had a, le- a, a lesser a lower chance of getting caught had they just abducted Dan and killed him somewhere else and not just left his body there and everything else. Have we not learned that? I, th- I think I'm right on that. And, um, this also shows when we're thinking about disappearances, this also shows the length to which families will cover for other family members. This is something that, um, kind of came up in the, uh, you know, I suppose we could even think about the murder of Janelle Matthews, where the guy across the street, Norris Drake, his Alibis provided by his wife and sister, they may absolutely be telling the truth, but because they're the sister and the mother, you know, you might want to look into that a little bit more. Very well, maybe that Steve Pankey killed Janelle Matthews. And by the way, I am sending uh, Steve another letter tomorrow. Uh, it's a doozy, I can't get into it right now, but um. Family members will cover for other family members, and it very well may be that this Charlie Adelson guy goes to jail, and the rest of his family is never charged, even though there is at least circumstantial evidence that other people knew—the mother, the ex-wife, whoever else. So, when it in the future, when we cover more disappearances, where it may very well may be that a family member is giving an alibi for a suspect who, who seems responsible for the disappearance. It's like having no al. We should look at it as having no alibi at all. It's, uh, you know, blood is very, 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 very thick. It really, really is. Um, And in addition, maybe one last thought on all this. I got to be honest. I don't see the Adelsons as being unusual. Um, uh, you know, there are a lot of you know a lot of people have gone through divorces out there, and I'm sure there have been people out there that at least one point or another said, you know, I wish I could kill this person. The pain this person is causing me, or there's a parent who has a son or daughter that's getting divorced, and they're thinking, man, I wish I could just do this and this and this and this. This is not unusual. If the ad, this you know the if the Adelson family as a whole wanted Dan Markell to be dead, I, I easy for me to talk. I've never been married or anything. It's very easy to imagine that that the, in that way they aren't unusual compared to many other families that've been through the same thing. The difference is, of course, all the most of those other families have not done something like this. But we just know when you start messing with people's lives, people's children, possessions, and all of these things, anything goes. There's that, what's that song? I think it's from a musical or something. That song, Anything Goes, Anything Goes. It's the same thing. So don't, I don't want you, if you're going to be following this trial, you take an interest in it you think that charlie adelson is guilty you think the entire adelson family is guilty fine by me always remember though they are not unusual they are not rare and maybe some of you even have ex- personal experience with this just remember not unusual now i'm not saying it's 50% but it's a high enough percentage that it has to be it has to be acknowledged uh, let's see what everybody is uh, saying here. Um, <laughs> Hazel says, don't marry a dentist. That's funny because people talk, the more people involved, the quicker we'll get out. Charlotte, that case always reminded me of the man of Florida who went duck hunting and was murdered. That also happened up in the panhandle, Florida. Joyce Rivetuzzo, what the heck is going on up in that panhandle of Florida? That's right. Uh, I forget that guy's – was his last name Williams or something? He's married, and the wife and the other guy conspired, and then the two got married years later, but it all eventually fell apart. I tell you what, uh, that woman involved in that sound like a real winner. Um, Cherie says, people will kill for custody. We've seen that a few times lately. Certainly we have. We think about the Microsoft executive. Once again, in my great state of Florida, but that it was over on the uh, Atlantic coast. Uh, I think that's what Sheree is reminding us where uh, some brother or somebody got involved, put that tire out in the middle of the road. The guy gets out to move the tire and gets shot. Mary, oh, yeah, over nine years. Well, I knew it was old, but gosh, I didn't realize how long I'd been hearing about it. I think it was maybe five years ago when I first learned about Dan Markell's murder. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Pike County Bright again. Thank you, Sheree. Miranda, that people will go and do that together and get together plan someone's murder. What caused the delay? Just regular evidence gathering, stuff like that. I don't know why it's taken. Uh, I don't know why Charlie is being put on um, last. I uh, don't know. Uh, too many people were involved that would have come out. Charlotte and Denise Williams, same. Charlotte, Mike, and Denise Williams, same judge. So the same So the same judge for this as it was for Mike and Denise Williams. Is that right, Shuri? Wow. And it's so weird. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, um, Marty says, no, it's not a divorce, really. It's dangerous, especially a nasty divorce. Know who you're marrying before you say I do. Uh, hence the reason I'm still single, Marty. <laughs> Kathy, Charlotte, you're talking about Mike Williams. Yes. Uh, second husband, yes. Truly so naive. Why include so many people in actual murder plans? The big family murder in Pike, Ohio County, right? Yeah, kind of similar. Yep. In fact, I was just I was on the phone with somebody today talking about that and how everybody believed it was originally a cartel hit, and now we know that it wasn't, that it was over custody. All those people killed multiple locations, and it was another family who did it. Relationships, they're a killer. Uh yes, so yeah. Uh yes, Kathy. Um as Hazel said, I had a great divorce. I'm still good friends with my ex-father of our son and friends with his now wife too. I babysit their little dog. Hazel, I'm glad to hear it. That makes me feel really good. I'm glad that uh, it sounds like everybody benefited from that divorce, but I also I'm sorry that uh, all the hopes and dreams you had for your marriage uh, did not work out, Hazel. Okay, let me answer a question. This comes from Lisa tonight and lisa is in the chat this is a great question and being the kathy's in here it's a good question too uh this question is similar to some statistics you gave on dr telesco's live show yeah i talked about uh the percentage i believe of disappearances covered by and found that i believe are murders Uh, i did a i wouldn't say it's a scientific study but best of my ability i figured out that it was somewhere in the 60 percentile range Kathy did the same thing. Kathy, who you see in the uh, chat tonight, she did the same thing. Came up with a very similar, within a couple percentage points of me. So uh, what Lisa is saying is, what percentage of people that go missing meant to go missing? Paradise After Dark Podcast said 1%. That seems low to me. But curious what you think. Thanks, Ed, uh, from Lisa. Uh, I have to admit that I've never heard of the Paradise After Dark podcast. So Lisa, I know you're in here, so I have to ask you, is this just some intuitive thing or did they have they actually done any? I don't know what this podcast covers. Do they just do disappearances? What what do they do? Uh, because you'd have to have a really, really good sample size to be able to determine something like this. And of course, at this point, Unfound certainly does. Uh, is this just some number, Lisa, that they're uh, throwing out there or what? Just something intuitive. Uh, that would be interesting for me to know because I didn't just pull that number of 60-some percent off the top of my head. Likewise, Kathy did, did not just uh, pull that number off the top of her dad, but somehow we came within a couple percentage points. So just to be, everybody to be clear on this, we actually looked into this and – Tried to guesstimate how much. You just didn't pull a number. Um, 1%. That would mean, Lisa, that 30 of the disappearances that have been covered by Unfound are people who meant to go missing. I guess maybe they were suicidal or they um or they uh went off to try to start a new life or something like that. Um Lisa, I got to believe that – I will tell you this, Lisa. When I started Unfound in 2016, I would have thought the percentage was 1%. I would realize just being a, a commoner up until that point that I would think it probably is that big a number. Uh, since then, I do believe that the, the percentage is certainly higher than 1%. Uh, because, like I said, that would mean that thirty uh, of the disappearances. And I realized when Kathy and I did this, Kathy, I know, and I couldn't. I, I know I have the file on this computer somewhere. I could not find it before. I forget what I what name I gave it. To be honest, um, I couldn't find the file. But I do know that you know, Kathy, when we did that, we were kind of breaking things down on. I just think it has to be higher than than, than one. I, well, 1%, what am I talking about? 1% wouldn't be 30, it would be three. No, 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 that's a crazy number, Lisa. That's that's way too low. What am I thinking? I can't even do math. If it's 1% of 300, that's only three. It's like 10%, 15%. I think it is up 15, 20%. So, I think we got like sixty five percent of the disappearance that unfound is covered are murders, so we have like thirty five percent now and I would say of that thirty five percent percentage points, I'd say fifteen to twenty percent of those percentage points are people who are meant to go missing, and I think the rest are overdoses, you know mistakes, accidents because if it's one it can't be one percent because we even know. Um, you know, how many disappearances, you know, just this year, what Brandon Roberts meant to go missing. We know that he was found alive. Alan Glasgow meant to go missing, found alive. Devin Bond, unfortunately, very sadly committed suicide meant to go missing. I don't know if he intended to be found or not, but he meant to go harm himself and he didn't do it just where everybody could find him easily. So I guess you could say. He meant to go missing. That's already three, and that's just off the top of my head. And then we have Patrick Reed, who we know uh, went missing, and then he ended up finding a woman that he wanted to live with and didn't tell his friends or family. So that's four. So that's already over 1%. That's just off the top of my head. So uh, the the statistics that we have in Unfound show that 1% is not a realistic number and uh I actually think it's actually up around 10 percent at least 10 percent that would be 30 the disappearance that unfound is covered whereas we look at murders 65 percent of 300 is like uh you know not quite 200 it's like 195 196 or whatever and, you know uh, 300 times point, 0.65, what is that you know, it's uh, of course, two thirds is sixty-six percent, that's two hundred. So sixty-five percent is like one ninety-eight. So uh, like hundred and ninety-eight of the three hundred disappearances that we've covered are murders. So that gives like a hundred and two, or well, up, we're up to like disappearance 306 or something now. So that lives like a hundred and ten for everything else. And I think it's pretty safe to say that at least thirty or those are people who went to go missing. I'm not saying they meant to die. I'm not saying they meant, you know, anything in particular, but for some reason they wanted out of their lives. So I think it's 1% is way too low. Way too low. But I you know, so what what are you saying here? Let me see. Um Mary says, only time in my life I truly worried about my dad and what he might do during he on my mom's divorce. So going back to divorce, okay? He was not right in the head for a bit. Even checked into a psych ward. Totally understand that, Mary. Uh, Lisa, Paradise After Dark covers murders and disappearances. They're based in Florida, are they? They said they go through it in detail in a Patreon episode, but I'm not on there. just does not... Even just the disappearances we covered this year, just that statistic just does not hold up, Lisa. It just doesn't. It's way higher than that. A lot of, um, you know, a lot of, you know, we, we have to look at it this way. A lot of people out there do not like their lives. A lot of depressed people out there. A lot of people who wish they could have something different. In their lives, many millions, 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 and so we're only going to say that one percent seems low. Seems low. Don't have to apologize for the typos, Lisa. Mary, they were together for twenty-five. Oh, talking about your parents' divorce. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Kathy says, yes, at, at our percentage, we're very close. They were, Kathy. I just don't remember. I remember the murder percentage. I don't remember how everything else, though, broke down, Kathy. Maybe you still have that paperwork that you did somewhere. I'm sure I have it. I just was not able to find it in preparing for tonight. Marty. Um, uh, Twinkle says, easily 20%. Okay. So that is the question from Lisa. Lisa, great question. That's a question I've never uh, had to answer before. All right, moving on. I want to talk about. I don't know if I'm even going to read this because I have some other things I want to cover, but I meant to cover this last week. Uh, the Delphi murders. You know, that is still working its way through the court system. And the filings from Carroll County prosecutor Nicholas McLeland came about a week after Allen's attorneys, Andrew Baldwin and Bradley Rosley, alleged that victims Libby German and Abigail Williams were sacrificed as part of a pagan cult ritual where they were murdered off a hiking trail in Delphi, Indiana, six years ago. McLeland said the 136-page memorandum from Allen's defense in support of a Franks hearing or court proceeding in which a judge must determine whether a law enforcement officer lied in an effort to obtain a search warrant, can hit only 13 pages that reference allegations revelant, 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 relevant to the question of Frank's inquiry. Overwhelming evidence in this case supports the following. Members of a pagan Norse religion called Odinism, hijacked by white nationalists, ritualistic sacrificed Abigail Williams and Liberty, Liberty German. I just, The attorneys would go on to name several men who they allege were part of the Odinist cult in Carroll County, Indiana, and plotted to kill the girls as part of a pagan ritual. They shared extensive details, previously unknown to the public, about a ghoulish crime scene where the girls were murdered, arguing that it showed signs of a ritualistic sacrifice. I tell you what, this guy is certainly getting his money's worth. They added later on, the defense is not inventing, fabricating, or exaggerating these facts, no matter how crazy those facts appear Oh, really. The lengthy memo details a new narrative to the public in the Delphi murders case. Up until September 18th, the public only knew of allegations against Allen and other potential suspects that had previously tied to the case before they were ruled out. In June, Allen admitted allegedly allegedly admitted to this double murder charge no less than five times while talking to his wife and his mother on the public jail phones available at the Indiana Department of Corrections. Prosecutors said in an earlier court filing, you know who needed these lawyers? Steve Pankey needed these lawyers for trial number one and trial number two. I mean, you know, uh, is this a thing? Uh, You know, I've read about it. And uh, I, I've heard of Odinism before. I didn't know it was into ritualistic killings. It seemed to me, it seems to me that if this were actually something that we would hear a lot about girls like uh, these two who are being murdered and then being found, and it looks like they were sacrificed. It seems to me that this would be a much more common thing than it seems to be. I don't know, you know, I, I, as you know, I am not, I know some of you have been following this day by day. I have not, but I have to believe that you think this is as much a bunch of crap that it sounds like, um, now, but on the other hand, uh, I'm just going to ask all of you and we have like 25 minutes left. So I'm just going to ask all of you. Why do you think Richard Allen allegedly killed Abigail and Libby? Why do you think he killed those two girls? We heard what his defense is saying, that some ritualistic cult, whether Richard Allen's in it or not, uh, I don't know. But why do you think those two girls got killed on that day? What is your best – Sharia is saying Richie Allen is innocent. Okay. Interesting. I, I really don't know, but why do you think those two were killed on that day? Whether Richard Allen did it or anybody did it. Thor did it. Uh, Steve Pankey did it. Whoever did it. Why do you think those two girls, as best as you can tell, why do you think those two girls were killed on that day? I, I want all of you to... um. You know, I don't want this to get in whether he's guilty or not. I know I put that in the question. But why do you think Abigail and Liberty were killed that day? Best as you can tell. And, and for you, Cherie, if you don't think Rachel Allen did it, fine by me. I really don't care one way or the other as long as the right person Rick person, goes to jail. But why, you know, Cherie, Mark, Mary, Charlotte, Kathy, Twinkle, anybody who's uh in the uh hazel lisa anybody who's uh Con Mar- you know any of these people are combinating with the last several minutes why do you think abigail and libby were murdered uh g s says uh to leave no witnesses witnesses to what g s witnesses to what what were they what did they witness that had that they had that, that was enough, so important that they needed to be killed. I'd be very honest. so. I'm going to read those your answers later. I um. I, I uh, Charlotte says I think rich. I I'm, i really don't want to get into whether he did it or not. I just want to know why you think anybody killed those two. Predatory Twinkle says predatory opportunity. Why? Uh, Why was it a predatory opportunity? What just so for the thrill of it, it was like a kill for thrill twinkle. While you're answering that, I'm going to go up. I want to cover this story because it's uh, it's an unfound disappearance. Um, This comes to us from Hayes, Virginia. So far, no one has been able to answer what happened to Richard Keith Call and Cassandra Lee Haley, the two Christopher Newport University students who vanished 35 years ago. Family members have kept looking for answers. It's always been wanting to get this solved. You know, it's been over the top. It's been over top of us. I think it, it killed our parents young, said Doug Call, Keith's younger brother. The case is circumstantially grouped with several other unsolved cases from the 1980s called the Colonial Parkway Murders. Of course, when we covered that, I showed why none of them should be connected to any other. In 1988, Keith Call was in college. Keith loved life. He had plans. Keith's older sister, Joyce Call Canada, told News 3 Saturday. On April 9th that year, everything changed. He was going out with a friend. He walked out the door, and we never, ever seen him again, said Call Canada. 20-year-old Keith and 20-year-old, 18-year-old Cassandra went out together that day, first to the movies, then out near... Uh, then out near Christopher Newport University, police said that's the last place they were spotted. The next day, keys car was found along Colonial Parkway. It's almost like a fingerprint to each one of the Colonial Parkway cases. The keys were left in the car. The door was left ajar. The radio was on. They were all set up by someone. They were all set up so someone would see the car and steal the car and muddy the case even more. Said Blame Blaine, Blaine Pardo doesn't know what he's talking about. He's the author that I talked about. He's just marketing it because it's good for book sales. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He does not – he's just a bookseller. That's all he is. Foul play is suspected, but the couple's bodies were never found. None of the Colonial Parkway murder cases have been solved. A lot of this is the passage of time and the changing of the guard in terms of officers. I think they're on their fourth generation of officers who have handled this. I will say we get tips all the time as the writers. Our goal is we want to see the case solved, but we aren't the only ones to so- – we aren't the ones to solve it. We do turn those over to the FBI and Virginia State Police. Once again, Pardo talking. He doesn't know what he's talking about um but saturday in the rosewell memorial garden cemetery there's hope amid pouring rain a group of people gathered speaking of the love and strength keith call inspired in them the cumberland historic cemetery organization placed a memorial for keith call the plaque features his prom picture and rests just under the call family headstone it means a lot i wouldn't say it's closure but it's getting closer it's a place for us to go said keith chris call keith's older brother I hope it will bring some attention out to people. If nothing else, it needs to be a solved case. As Luke Call, Keith's aunt, a blank space has been left at the bottom of the memorial to inscribe after Keith Call is brought home. Um, once again, to remind you, uh, Blaine Pardo is the guy that wrote the Colonial Parkway book, trying to tie them all together. He is full of it. He could not be more full of it. And in fact, in talking to him. Um, Really, he comes across like that investigator that I talked about earlier who, uh, you know, you know, arrogant and everything else. So if you ever think about getting that book about the Colonial Parkway murders, don't. Just listen to Unfound's two-part episode. So this is something that's going on, uh, this uh, plaque that they put in the cemetery. Uh, I continue to believe that all of the murders connected to Colonial Parkway are not connected at all. I think I showed that each one of those people who went missing or who uh, was murdered, there was somebody in their lives who wanted those people uh, to disappear or to be dead, and that includes Keith Call and Sandra Haley. And I think you could read behind between the lines of their disappearances in which I believe it was somebody at the party – who caused their disappearances. No doubt in my mind. None. Zero. Zero doubt in my mind. Um, so I wanted all of you to know about that, of course, being that we covered um, uh, their disappearances at the end of last year, it seems like yesterday. Uh, Hazel says, I haven't read about this one. Kathy, Charlotte, agree with you about RA. Uh, so a couple of you guys think Richard Allen is innocent. Didn't they find evidence in his fire pit and he was helping search for them? Mark says, I think it could have potentially been retaliation for a family member involved in drugs. Interesting, Mark. So was somebody in uh, the girl's family is involved in that. Okay. Lisa, I don't know if there was any reason. Just evil. I agree with Twinkle. Sexually motivated. Everything said. Child predator killed regarding Delphi. Okay. I agree with everything. And Kathy, he's a sick guy. Thank you, Kathy. They were there and he's a predator and saw his opportunity to do it. All right. So they were just there. Wrong place, wrong time. All right, Twinkle. Thank you for explaining. Mark and Carroll County has plenty shady reputation. I have no firsthand knowledge of that. But always believe where there's smoke, there's fire. Do don't think there is a connection to the Flora, Indiana fire. I don't know anything about that. Mary B. Well, I think he had been watching them for some time, maybe online and in town. He just developed the fancy. I think online sexual predator and turned into a murder somehow. Okay, uh, that Flora fire was so devastating. Uh, Charlotte said. Mary says sexual predator. Uh, Girls were a crime of convenience. Thank you, Joyce. Charlotte, one of the victims of the Parkway Killer has a podcast called Mind Over Murder, and I believe him. Okay. One of the... One of the victims of the park... uh, How could a victim of the Parkway Killer have a podcast, uh, Charlotte? I'm sorry, one of the victim's brothers had a podcast, Mind Over Murder. Yeah, um... That is, uh, yeah, the brother of the one of the women that was killed. They were stabbed together. Uh, yeah, his name is Bill, and you should know that I tried to contact him before the episode came out last year. He would, it's like we were two ships passing in the night. Uh, I never have gotten to speak to him. Um, that's really all I want to say about that, Charlotte. I could I could say a lot about that, but I'm not gonna. Uh, Kathy Thomas's older brother, yes. Uh thank you, Kathy. Um I'm convinced that Kathy Tom and the woman that was with they were they were targeted because of who they were. And, and Darius, I, I think it was Kathy Thomas's ex-boyfriend or whoever it was that did it. And once again, there's not much, there's not much doubt in my mind. I don't, you know. Once again, I think that when it comes to the Colonial Parkway murders, there's just too many people that just find it more interesting if they just put it all together. Because factually, it's not true. It's more interesting if they're all connected, but it's not factually true. But interesting sells books. Sometimes factually factual stuff doesn't. Just always <laughs> just have to stay. In just have to tell you why it is. Mark, four killed, kids killed in a house in Flora. Also carry, initially undetermined cause, but later arson happened shortly after the two girls were killed in Delphi. I'll have to look that up. I don't know anything about that. Okay. Uh, one more news story, I think. Just one more, and then we will get to um, my um, the disappearance for this Friday. It's a little more of a, I wouldn't say, not funny story, but a more lighthearted story than we've been doing tonight. And I think it got on my radar because I was thinking about Powerball last Monday night. And I told myself, you know, if I want Powerball, I probably would buy myself a Rolls Royce. So, a Florida businessman took to the skies to hunt down his wife's rare Rolls Royce. After brazen thieves stole the $250,000 luxury coupe from their garage in broad daylight, Bob B- Benio, 61 years old, the owner of aerial Banners, <clears throat> was so outraged by the September 21st heist, he sent an airplane over Miami dragging an unusual banner. Stolen purple Rolls Royce reward blared the message followed by Bob's cell phone number. It's insured for more than it's worth, but that's not the point. The point is this, is exactly why insurance rates are so high and your rates are so high, and I'm sick of it. I'm done, he said. Minutes after his wife, Olga Benyo, and their two young children arrived at their waterfront home, the thieves broke into the garage. A little after 3 p.m., a neighbor's security camera recorded two men walking up the driveway. Then Olga's beloved Wraith... Uh, that's like the two-door uh, Rolls-Royce. Uh, it's not like the big, big one we usually think of, the four-doors. I mean, this is the two-door version. With chrome rims and white leather interior, it can be seen driving out. Sophisticated car thefts have recently plagued the upscale neighborhood, uh, Benya said. Detectives believe the burglars cloned the garage remote. The thieves left behind an Austin Martin vanquished, a very nice car. And a 1970 Chevelle. And what they mean by cloning is that there's these devices that you can get that if you use your wireless remote to lock or unlock your car, this device can catch that signal and copy it. So you lock your car in the parking lot somewhere. You walk into wherever. This person can then come along with this device Send out that same exact signal and unlock your car. And as we know, with a lot of cars today, they don't require keys to start. You have some sort of, you know, like mine does, but my dad's Hyundai, uh, he has a Hyundai SUV, you know, the key all it has to do is be within so many feet of the car and you just push a button and it starts. Well, these devices can copy that signal. And so all you have to do is get in the car, push the button, it starts. So that's what they mean by cloning, if you are unfamiliar with that. The Austin Martins $1,500 key was missing, and Bob suspects the men first tried to steal the sports car, but couldn't figure out how to turn it on. After his wife caught in a panic, he reached out to police and rushed home. He also got a call from his ex-wife, who said her new husband had just spotted their wraith. So this guy's an ex-husband who's an ex-wife. Their race speeding north on Biscayne Boulevard and weaving in and out of traffic. I thought immediately, I'm going to fly an airplane with a message. Offering a $5,000 reward, he said. By five, one of the planes was in the sky over Miami and Fort Lauderdale. When you own the company, you can get those banners in the air really fast, quipped the businessman who also sells motorcycles and aircraft. The plane flew for two days and more than 300 tips poured in. A man called from an anonymous number and said that he'd spotted the Rolls Royce listed for rent on Telegram. I don't even know what Telegram is. He proposed renting it and returning it for the reward. Bob agreed, but the jittery thieves backed out. They told the man they decided to ship it to California where it might be easier to unload. The investigation hit it a dead end until Bob got a phone call at 11.30 p.m. on September 23rd. The girl says, I know where your car is. I'm looking at it right now out my window. She said she didn't care about the money she told me. I'm just mad someone broke into your house and stole something special to your wife. She meant it, really meant it. I spoke to her several times. She never asked for the once asked for the reward. Police arrived on the scene and found the Rolls Royce sitting in an outdoor parking lot in a rough section of Fort Lauderdale. The area is known for criminals parking stolen cars for a cool-off period to see if there's a GPS tracker. Although the car was unscathed, more than twenty-three thousand dollars in valuables were gone, including an eighteen thousand dollar Hermes purse. A pair of Chanel sunglasses. Uh, this, uh, this wife obviously has uh, uh, grown to the uh, lifestyle to which uh, she's grown accustomed. And a Louis Vuitton scarf, according to a police report. Sounds like my, one of my ex-girlfriends. The burglars who are driving a silver Mercedes are believed to be connected to a string of car theft in Benya's neighborhood. This is what they do every couple of days. The detective told me it's out their shopping mall. Olga adores her purple Rolls Royce and was thrilled to get it back. Oh my God, she was ecstatic. The wit and happiness I saw in her face was more than the day I got her the car. He bought the race, Wraith in 2019 as a gift for their wedding anniversary. Olga, who works as an etiquette coach, likes to use the car for client meetings. It's, at this point, you almost wish the car hadn't been found. I'm a mechanic, so we're like yin and yang. I usually have dirt under my nails. You'd never think I'd have a wife that looks like her and teaches etiquette. Sometimes she uses me as an example of what not to do. The young woman who called in the tip received the $5,000 reward, even though she didn't ask for it. I'm so grateful there are still good Samaritans in the world, and she needed the money. It was really uplifting experience. Bob said the men have been arrested in connection to the theft, but uh, hasn't been verified how they were caught. Now, um, of course, the whole time I'm reading this, I'm thinking there must be a lot of money in banners. There must be a lot of money in that banner business. Uh, Of course, this is important to me because being that I live where I do, I see the planes with the banners behind them uh, all the time. They actually take off from the St. Pete Airport, which is right over here, and kind of work their way out here to the coast. And they go up and down, and then they, of course, go back. And little did I know that if you have one of those types of business, that there was Rolls-Royce money in it. Good for that guy. Um, You know, but there, of course, there's always one thing to remember about Rolls Royces. If you can afford them, they're very easy to buy. Uh, You can go, uh, you know, they'll fly over to where they're made in England and you can pick out the color. Any, you can get in any color, any type of interior color. I mean, you could just custom order, custom, 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 you know, is, you know, every Rolls that's out on the road, is unique, especially the ones that have been made like within the last 20 years. But I'm also here to tell you, maintaining one is difficult. Of course, they are not known uh, for being very reliable, and a lot of things can go wrong with them, and a lot of those things get very expensive. And of course, if you own a rolls, maybe you can afford that, but If you hit Mega Millions power jackpot or the Powerball jackpot or whatever else and thinking about getting your rolls, just understand that some of that jackpot money is going to – even if you get a new rolls, that some of that money that you got from the jackpot is also going to be spent maintaining that car. Just remember that. But like I said, the whole time I was reading this article, I'm like, man, I did not know there was so much money in, in banners. So uh, I'm gonna see what everybody else is saying, and uh, then um, I'm gonna get to this Friday's disappearance. Uh, A phantom, yeah, the phantoms, everything. The Rolls Royce Phantom is the big car. You know, I've seen some of those. You know, my brother and I go to the Kiss the Kissimmee auction, the Mekam auction every January. Uh, we love going over there, walking around, looking at the cars and stuff. And, of course, we dream about what would happen if we were to hit Powerball and going over there and being part of the auction. Neither of us can certainly afford to buy anything over there. But those Rolls Royce, those newer Rolls Royce, I mean, they're huge cars. They're absolutely huge. Um, it, it, it's just uh, amazing. Amazing, amazing, amazing cars. and. Uh, I, other, other than hitting Powerball, I'm pretty sure I'll never own one. Uh, Hazel Singh, Telegram is a chat app. Thank you for filling me in, Hazel. I had not heard of it before. All right. So let's, uh, do I want to say anything else? I want to remind all of you once again, if you'd like to take part in the teachable course I have, it is how to podcast uh better than anyone forward slash courses and if you use the code UL OCT 162023, so that's technically unfound live October 16th, 2023. It's UL O C T 162023. Either for the coaching session or the course, if you use that code, you will get 50% Off, Mary says, I had no idea Rolls-Royce were hard to maintain. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness, Mary. Yeah. Big time. Oil changes, $1,500. Believe it. Is it worth it? If you can afford it, then it's worth it. If you can't afford it, I wouldn't buy a Rolls-Royce. But it's the same with all those cars, like Ferraris, Austin Martins. You buy one of those cars, even if it's new. They just don't do the kind of testing and everything that Toyota and Honda and all these other companies do. They just don't. Uh, But they are beautiful cars, and they drive like uh, nothing else out there. Uh, Anything else? uh, Maybe we'll leave that for next week. And I think that's about it. Uh, Let's go to this Friday's disappearance. We're going back to Texas. Covered a lot of disappearances in Texas. Going to be covering the disappearance of William Arlen Bynum, B Y N U M. Although he went by his middle name Arlen, he went missing from Big Spring, Texas, on August fifteenth of two thousand two thousand three. So we just passed the twenty year anniversary, and I interviewed uh, both of his sisters, Lori and Cindy, for this episode. They were together, but I also got to speak to. Uh, one of the original investigators on Arlen's. This, this guy did not blow me off. He actually was very helpful going back to a, a, a topic from a half hour ago or an hour ago. um, He was very helpful and giving me some of his insight. And then just this evening, I got to talk to one of Arlen's friends, uh, somebody he, he was very close to. He talked to just a couple of days before he went missing. And the story... It's a common one. Arlen went out to a bar, left the bar, never to be seen again. His truck was eventually found parked at the bar. And I think this disappearance is going to remind you of another Texas disappearance, TJ Murray, who also went to a bar, left, and his vehicle was found near the bar where he originally had parked it. Uh, Might also remind you of Justin Gaines' disappearance from uh, Georgia that we covered. His mother was the guest. And I'm sure some other disappearances will also pop into your mind. Uh, but a lot of rumors uh, have followed Arlen's disappearance. Uh, you should know uh, that he was gay. Could this have been a hate crime? Could he uh, have hooked up with some guy who killed him? There is also a rumor out there. Could this be drug cartel related? Uh Arlen did have some issues, uh, some vices, and he had not been in Big Spring, Texas that long. So, some things to really consider. Um, I've already uh, looked – I have not written this episode yet. I don't have a title for it yet. But uh, I'm anticipating that um, – the theme of this episode probably will be theories and uh you know how do we deal with uh these types of things when they surround a disappearance that looks very straightforward but then you get these very complex conspiracy theories where you know multiple people are involved and and everything else that may be the theme i just don't know i will work on it tomorrow but that is it that is all i have to say um for uh great job ed crazy uh fishing hello uh fishing uh getting in late there fishing what's going on good to see you hazel says the parts are not readily and economically available for rolls royce is true mary we had two ondas. yeah they all run great interesting uh hazel night night night, everyone see uh good night everybody's getting out of here so i'm gonna get out of here Once again, everyone, uh, given, you know, I say this every week, but given recent events, you know, we don't do politics here, but given recent events, more than ever, keep your heads on swivels. Do not be victims. Be aware of your surroundings. And you will hear me Friday for the disappearance of Arlen Bynum. Good night, everyone. And Charlie, please say hi to the kids for me. Good night.